are notified um, as well. We also publish this agenda um, on the Route County website and as well as um, the Facebook site for, for Route County. Um, a couple of other bits of housekeeping. If the participants, a participant is not speaking, it typically makes a lot of sense. If you mute yourself, that eliminates background noises and what have you. Um, and again, for the public, in addition to the Zoom venue and the video side of it, uh, the option is available for people to call in. And um, again, I know we're all a bit awkward, at least I am with the Zoom concept. We're getting used to it, but it's just not quite the same. But under the circumstances, we deal with what we have to deal with. Um, with that thought in mind, I'd like to call the October 1st, 2020 Route County Planning Commission to order. Sarah, if you would be so kind as to call the roll. Hey, um, Steve Warnke. Yes. Bill, uh, Brian Kelly. Yes. Andrew Benjamin. Here. Troy Brookshire. Here. Roberta Marshall. Here. Bill Norris. Here. Greg Yeager. Peter Flint. Here. Lee Mitzelfeld. We heard from him. Rahel is MIA. And Linda Miller. Here. Perfect. I think if my count is right, we have a total of eight commissioners, obviously more than enough for a quorum. Um, and with that thought in mind, I'd like to move to the first agenda item, public comment. Anyone who wishes to address the commission on any items that are not on the agenda this evening, now would be the time to do so. Hearing none, we'll go to the next agenda item. Um, Sarah, one last issue. Um, I don't mean to. There's a Chris on the screen. No, I, uh, Do you know who that is? Chris? Can I get your name, please? I need, you're, you're muted. Please unmute. Please unmute yourself. There you go. Okay, hi. <laughs> uh, my name's Les Sharp. My wife is Chris. That's why it's ah. got Chris on the name on the screen. Okay. Remember your neighbor to the petitioner. Yes, we uh, the lot next door. Okay. Gotcha. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you. Okay. Next item on the agenda: approval of minutes. Minutes from July 9th. Are there any corrections, additions, deletions? on the minutes is presented. Hearing none, um, I will take the approach that all commissioners are going to approve unless noted otherwise. Anyone wish to object to the minutes of July 9th? Hearing none, the minutes are approved. Next item on the agenda are the minutes of August 6th, 2020. Again, any corrections? Excuse me, deletions or additions? Uh, Steve, I, yes. I, still need a, I still need a motion and a second for, for those. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I move we approve oh, the minutes from July 9th. Got it. Thank you, Brian. Might there be a second? 
Second. Was that Andy? No, Troy. Got it. Okay. Troy? Let's move on to okay, thank you. August 6th. Now, now moving along to August 6th. Again, uh, anyone have any additions, deletions, corrections? I move we approve the minutes from August 6th. Second. Thank you, Brian. Troy seconded. Thank you. Again, I'll take the approach. All commissioners are approving, unless they wish to not. Anyone wishing to uh, say nay on the minutes, please do so by now. Hearing none, thank you. Minutes from August 20th, once again. I move we approve the minutes from August 20th. Thank you, Brian. Second. Thank you, Troy. All, anyone against uh, the approval of those minutes, please signify by saying no. Hearing none, the August 20th minutes are approved. Next item on the agenda is items for consideration, Wolf Ranch Bed and Breakfast. Based on what I'm looking at, I'm, I know the petitioners are here and typically we have the petitioners um, provide a description of what they're proposing to do, a brief narrative, if you will, for the commissioners for their consideration. So with that thought, um, Olympia, you may start. We're more than happy to hear what you have to say. Hi, uh, well, thanks for having us. I'm Olympia, this is Robbie. Hi, nice to meet you all. And um, yeah, what we're proposing uh, is uh, a bed and breakfast but with no breakfast for the time being um just really a bed um we uh, we just moved to clark in uh june and we're planning on being here for the long term um we yeah we're, we're both professional athletes so um that's what we spend most of our time doing swimming biking and, and running we do triathlon um and we just uh I have a degree in hospitality, so it's always been an interest of mine, and we sort of wanted to set ourselves up for the long term uh, with uh, being able to host people here and um, and show them the beautiful place we live in. Um, from what I understand at the moment, if we wanted to provide food, we would need a commercial well, which isn't the case at the moment, and it's not something we want to do for the time being, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 20 years down the line, but we're definitely not thinking about that just yet. Um, this would not be a primary source of income. It would just uh, be sort of on a time to time basis. Um, but I think if you have specific questions, we'd love to hear them. Uh, we're not really, yeah, just whatever you want to know. <laughs> Do you have anything to add? Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Steve, you're muted. Tegan, I'm uh, sorry about that. Tegan, um, you want to go? Yep, you bet. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. If Perfect. It let me. Oops, is it sharing the wrong one? Can you guys see a map? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. It no, was you're good. weird on my um, interface. So um, let me try and move this. Nope, that's not going to work. 
Um, okay, so on the screen currently, I have an aerial of the site um, that these applicants are proposing to hold this um, bed and breakfast operation. This is their primary residence, their full-time residence here. Um, and it's located off of Aspen Court, which is off of County Road 129. Um, and it's located roughly between um, the Willow Creek Pass subdivision and Steamboat Lake, just for a reference point. Um, as you can see so far in this neighborhood, um, at least in this lower section, there's one other residence currently. And the house is located pretty close in proximity to 129. So these applicants are proposing to um, have two guest bedrooms within the dwelling unit that they currently occupy. Um, each of those bedrooms has its own bathroom. And there's like a small guest lounge living room um, located between those two bedrooms. So those are kind of the guest quarters that they would like to be able to use for their bed and breakfast. And as they mentioned, they're not planning on providing um, food at this time. Um, and that was due in part to the response from the Division of Water Resources, indicating that food service would require that commercial well. So um, at a later point, if they want to explore that further with the division, they're more than welcome to. Um, but at this point, they decided to forgo that idea. Um, and also, just uh, really clear, sorry to interrupt, Tegan, uh, yeah, but we were, at the moment, we're just thinking about renting out the one room. Um, it wouldn't be both rooms at once, just so. So the future vision is the two rooms, but currently they really only want to rent one. Um, the guests would not be um, allowed to enter the owner's suite area, which would include the kitchen, the living room and their bedroom bathroom area, unless it was upon invitation into those areas, which they don't necessarily anticipate. Um, additionally, guests would not be permitted to ride snowmobiles, horses, four wheelers um, on the parcel. They would not be permitted to use the patio outdoor areas, the hot tub. Um, those are all things that are private space for the property owners to use. So, um, it's a pretty small proposed operation. Their intent is to provide their guests with recommendations of places that they can go in North Route, um, the public lands they could see, amenities they could experience, restaurants, um, what have you. And they've created like a pamphlet of information to provide to people in advance. Um, the road that it's located on, Aspen Court, is privately maintained. It's not maintained by the county, but of course, County Road 129 up, um, you know, past the property is uh, maintained by the county. And then there's adequate parking that meets our standards and our regulations as well. Um, if fully occupied, it would really be anticipated to have, you know, maybe two vehicles there for guests and they have um, a pretty significant amount of parking in front of the house. One of the things that they did include in their application is that um, pets of guests might be permitted um, depending on the situation and part of that is due in part to the fact that they have their own dogs and they want to make sure that if a pet is permitted to 
come with a guest, that the guest is always with that dog. The dog is not left on site without an owner um, and that that dog is going to get along with their dogs. So that is kind of the long and short of what they're proposing. Um, I don't know how familiar everybody is with the bed and breakfast regulations, but they're located in the staff packet, but I could go over those more in detail if the commission would like. Any questions or comments? Uh, I have a quick comment um, in regards to the pets, since you just mentioned that. Uh, to, to give you, you guys an example, um, we just had a request uh, for this month, for October, um, for someone who wanted to arrive tomorrow, and they had a dog, and they told us about the dog, and we chose to decline the reservation because we didn't think it would be a good fit um for for our dogs and for them and just generally we were like it's not going to work it was so. a, a puppy who is maybe house trained so yeah <laughs> i didn't feel like cleaning up after right and, and they, they mentioned that it would bark a lot and things like that and so we were just like it's not going to work um so just to give you an idea that we're really we're not trying to do anything that's going to inconvenience us or our neighbors or anything like that so i just wanted to mention that um, what Olympia is referring to is having a guest there right now under um, current prohibition of short-term rentals. Folks could have one exclusive leaseholder for a month that complies as being considered long-term. So some folks do that. Um, so they accept, you know, one exclusive leaseholder a month um, currently, and that is meets um, our definition of, or it exceeds our definition of short-term. Commissioners, questions for either, um, oh, never mind. Brian, go. Uh, I, the applicant sort of took my suggestion out of my mouth, which was uh, I used to live about half a mile north of here and have passed this place well over a thousand times um, and worked in that area. But the uh, the flat there and the water resource is limited in the area. Everything west of 129, with the exception of a Texas couple that caught a gusher up on the hillside, is pretty marginal on the water. So trying to overburden this area would not be the best idea. Um, so the one, one bedroom, given the road situation with Aspen Court, that's a privately maintained road and a public right of way. Uh, you come across Willow Flat in the winter, and it's brutal. I don't think you want a whole bunch of people not knowing where they're driving come across that flat. So that I think the one applicant is uh, the one bedroom is reasonable. That's my reaction to the water, the sewer, the road, and the access in the winter across that flat. That's uh, it. Thank you, Brian. Peter. Yeah, I had a question about, um, in the packet, there was a letter from regarding water rights in the well. And I was a little confused by that because it seemed to say that you couldn't um, use the domestic one family well um, for a commercial operation. But then at the end, they said, well, they didn't really see it as a commercial operation. Um, 
can can you uh, clarify that, Tegan or Christy? Yes, I had um, some ongoing conversations with the um, respondent from the Division of Water Resources, and um, they indicated that within their definition of a bed and breakfast, it requires breakfast or food. Um, so they allow an operation that does not provide food service, which would be considered their definition of a short-term rental, to operate on a domestic well. Um, however, if they were to provide breakfast, then it pushes it into their, the Division of Water Resources, definition of a bed and breakfast, which requires a commercial well. So I actually, I, I had phone conversations with um, the person from the Division of Water Resources, but I had her follow up in an email to me, um, just so I had it in writing saying, yes, their amended um, proposal that does not include food service can operate on a domestic well. Thank you. Troy. I'm, I got a question about um, staff comments on page six of 25. And it's about the second paragraph there that the intent is to ensure that guests arrive safely to the property upon checking in to the bed and breakfast and return safely from outings at the end of the day. What either you or the petitioner can address that, but I don't understand how you ensure they arrive safely to check in or at the end of the day. So if if they've got guests that are coming up, you know, from the front range, let's say, they know when these guests are going to be roughly arriving, um, potentially how they're traveling or what they're out doing for the day. Um, this is. One of the things, particularly with a bed and breakfast, having on-site management. So if somebody doesn't arrive there, then they can alert, you know, the sheriff's office. Somebody was said they were leaving Steamboat. They were going to be here in a half an hour. Nobody's shown up. Um, it's just a safety check to make sure that, you know, if, if a guest goes out hiking for the day and suddenly never shows up that night, um, this is you know, somebody checking in to make sure that the guests are arriving um, when they're supposed to be and are lost or, you know, in a wreck somewhere. Thank you. Roberta? So this is a question for staff. Um, I'm a little bit confused about this application because I know that short-term rentals are not allowed in Route County and we have tried to discourage short-term rentals and yet um, under the bed and breakfast regulations it says uh, food service is not a requirement of a bed and breakfast operation so if it's not a requirement of a bed and breakfast operation what's the difference between somebody renting out their home for an overnight accommodation and a short-term rental? So the difference would be that um, a bed and breakfast has to meet all the, oops, sorry, my keeper, um, has to meet all the requirements in section 8.13 in the zoning regulations, so 8.13. Um, and those, and have a valid permit issued. 
So there are a few instances in Route County where somebody could potentially do a short-term rental. Um, those options would be a bed and breakfast, a guest ranch, or a um, recreational facility with overnight accommodations. So we have a handful of a few of these, um, as well as some planned unit developments allow that for them, but not all. So the main um, factor for somebody who wants to Airbnb a house is typically people want to Airbnb a vacant house. So the bed and breakfast requires that a owner operator lives in the house. And this can only be contained in one single family residence. So you couldn't do it um, and meet these regulations by having a secondary dwelling unit that they rent out or that okay. the manager lives in. Yeah, so those are, there so are standards. The difference, Roberta, would be a permit and that there is oversight with a, with a manager living in the house. Um, and going through this process for a bed and breakfast would require review and approval of a conditional use permit or a special use permit in this case is, is really the, the short answer there. On page four of the staff report, um, there's the applicable regulations and it's got the bread and breakfast standards listed on there. Peter? Peter, did you have another question? I'm sorry. Nope. I just lowered his hand. I forgot, uh, failed to do okay. that earlier. Sorry. Um, I'm going to ask this of the petitioners. Are you aware that there are covenants associated with the, the property that you bought? Um, maybe. Wh which covenants are you referring to? Well, it'll be Steamboat Lake 5, Filing 5. Um, it's a document that was filed on uh, May of 1973. That's basically what's called the Declaration of Covenants. And the covenants are for the purposes of I guess I'll say managing and or designating ultimately the, the uses within the subdivision. That help you? Okay. Um, I mean, no, we were not aware of that or of what those okay. covenants would be. Um, Steve, may I clarify the covenant conversation? Sure. Okay. So the county does not enforce covenants one. Um, for another thing, these covenants are not listed on the most recent version of the plat. Um, so one could argue that the original covenants from the Steamboat Lake Filing 5 plat would um, still encumber the, this parcel. Um, however, ultimately the county doesn't enforce that and there's not a homeowners association or board associated with the enforcement of those covenants. Um, this, we see this often where when subdivisions were originally created, they made these covenants, recorded them, and no board was ever established. Sure. Well, I, I take it I'm well aware of that, I guess. But the, the value of the covenants, I think, in this application, at least set out the objectives 
and the uses within the development. Yeah, you'll never get me to argue that there are no enforcement actions county doesn't but what it does do it tells everyone in that subdivision hey this is what the developers were planning this is their thoughts and and the reason i bring it up the covenants are pretty clear um it talks about specifically these lot but it designates the fact that there are i think 298 total lots within the subdivision of which 293 are residential and it goes more specific it talks about specifically lots seven through 18, 22 through 46, and 53 to 103, blah, 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 which are, includes the subject uh, properties is being designated as residential. My point of this is it occurs to me that the entire subdivision principally with exception of maybe four or five lots is a residential subdivision. And to that extent, I think what's being contemplated here is I guess we'll argue about this at some point, a commercial use. And then we get into this, is that consistent? And is that what we really want to see happening in this subdivision? But that was my question. May I speak, Mr. Chairman? You surely may, Brian. Uh, I mentioned I lived about half a mile north of here in filing five, the same filing as the applicant. And there were two things that were listed in the title commitment that really were largely irrelevant. One was the covenants uh, because we consolidated 20 acres up on Cripple Creek and recorded a plat on it. And there were never any covenants for us or our surrounding neighbors that governed the five acre parcels we lived on. We privately paid for the road, privately brought in the utilities all in the public right away. And then, uh, the water was the other thing. We paid about 90 or 95 bucks a year towards the Steamboat Lake Water and Sand District, but received absolutely no service. But it was cheaper to pay it than to hire attorneys to try to get out of it. Um, so that was the reality of the covenants. I heard you mention it. And my reaction to having lived up there 12 years and having developed it in the early 2000s was people were doing this anyway. And it, I sort of, Christy mentioned something a few minutes ago about, you know, having it come through the system and being able to govern it somewhat as opposed to just cowboying it. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Any other questions for the petitioner and or staff? <clears throat> I had a question just to make sure the petitioners could clarify. They talk about uh, both of them being professional athletes, which I assume would mean they are going to be doing some traveling. And so what is the intent of, um, if the, the bed and breakfast permit was granted, uh, are they intending to have somebody else come and live in the house if they are traveling extensively? to be there as the on-site manager, or are they just intending not to rent um, the B&B &B bedroom if they're the two, one or two of them are not personally there? Yeah, we would definitely would not rent out the room if we were gone. They just would be taken off of the yeah. calendar, yeah. Yeah, and it's not just when we're traveling. I mean, sometimes, you know, if we have a big event coming up, 
we're really busy with training or we're just like sleeping, training, eating, and that's pretty much it. And we don't want to be bothered with, you know, <laughs> dealing with people. So, so it's really, you know, as I said earlier, it's not, it's not our main source of income. We're really doing it because we live in a beautiful place. We want to share it. There are not a lot of other um, bed and breakfasts up here. And uh, yeah, so it's really, it's, if it's convenient for us, we'll do it, but we're not going to do it at all costs because like we need the money, you know? Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> and also uh, on the similar note, um, I think the, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Sharp had uh, made a comment about our application and, um, and I'd responded to it, but uh, just so everyone's aware, um, in terms of policing, you know, having guests here, if we're here or not here, we would never have people stay here if we were even gone for one night. Um, we will always have some, I mean, it's our house. We wouldn't let strangers come and be here <laughs> without us. So, uh, you, I mean, you guys really shouldn't have any concern about that because we'll never do that. Any other questions at this point in time for either staff or the petitioner? Then I'd like you to open up to public comment. Anyone from the public wishes to provide comment to the commissioners or questions? Now would be the time to do so. Chris, if you're trying to make comment, you're muted. Thank you, Tegan. <laughs> um, I would just like to say that uh, my wife and I have owned that property up there for going on 30 years. Uh, at some point in the next few years, we're hoping to build a house and retire up there. Um, I'm glad Stephen brought up the um, covenants because uh, I think those are still somewhat looked at. Um, I know I've asked about camping up there and I've been told by the county you can't camp up there due to the covenants of the Seamboat subdivision. Um, I think it strictly should be residential. I mean, that's what it was made for. That's what's up there right now. I know it's kind of few and far between, but I'm hoping it stays residential. I want to retire and, and uh, you know, enjoy life up there and And I, um, I do have to say that um, it almost seems like a few people here kind of want to help push this thing through that uh, are just supposed to be kind of bystanders giving out information. That's all I have. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um... Okay, one more time, any specific questions for staff, staff or the petitioners before we go to, I think in this incident, we should do a full-blown round table. I'm interested to hear um, what each of the commissioners uh, has to say and how they view this petition. And so with that thought in mind, um, Troy, you wanna start? Sure. Can you hear me okay? Fine, we hear you fine. Okay. I do anyway. Um, 
I did a lot of, uh, I put a lot of time on this this afternoon. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think this can fit. And I, I don't think it works. Um, I liked Roberta's reference to the short-term rentals, uh, which I agree with that the county um, really is not in the short-term rental business. Um, albeit, I did look at the use chart. And it said that the B&B &B could be granted as a SUP in the MRE. And then when you look at the definition of the B&B, &B, it indicates it may serve food. But then there's a couple of more lines down in the use chart. And it's pretty clear if you follow that line that short-term rentals are not allowed in any zone district except commercial. So you go across that use chart, uh, short-term rentals are, are not a use. It's, it's absolutely blank. It's not, a, it's not a CUP, it's not an SUP, it's not a use by right, it's not allowed. Um, I looked at the standards that Keegan, Keegan referenced under the B&B, &B, and it indicates that all guest bedrooms shall be an integral part of the principal dwelling unit. Then I went to the definition of a dwelling unit. The dwelling unit is a building or part of a building providing complete independent living facilities for one or more persons, including permanent provisions for living, sleeping, eating, cooking, sanitation for one family. When you read the petitioner's narrative, they, uh, they seem to be pretty obvious that this is a couple of bedrooms over a garage. So for me, it was a real reach to try to figure out how a couple of bedrooms up over the garage complied with the definition of a dwelling unit. Um, they referenced main house, and then they referenced garage. That doesn't meet our definitions. It's, also, it is I, would also say, I would also say that uh, in the master plan, policy 12.3E, the county encourages the retention of neighborhoods with full-time residents, which I understand you are, but it, the point was is to enhance livability for families, not commercial, not changing a residential neighborhood to a B&B &B, in my view. Then under section 12.4, there was an action item. 12.4E, the action item was to amend non-agricultural zone districts to explicitly prohibit short-term rentals. 
So it seems to me that the petition we're weighing here starts out with a B and B, but then we drop the food service. So it's really not, it's a bed, but it's not a breakfast. So therefore, in my view, I'm left with a short-term rental, period. That's what I'm left with. And I don't think short-term rentals are allowed. And then I just make a comment too upon uh, Mr. Sharp's comment. I do believe when I look at these types of uh, applications, there is a reasonable expectation of what any neighborhood, whether it's Steamboat Lake, Stagecoach, or South Valley, or wherever, there's a reasonable expectation when you buy there of what you should be expecting in your neighborhood, area, locale. And so I sympathize somewhat with Mr. Sharp's suggestion that it's, it, it wasn't anticipated to be a commercial use. It was intended originally for single family residents. And so therefore I can't support it. And that's all the comment. Thank you, Troy. <clears throat> um, Andy, your thoughts? Um, I don't know. Let me pass on that for a second. Okay. Okay. No problem. Uh, Brian. Well, that, that was a pretty good deal, um, by Troy. I, that's obviously county planning viewpoint on it, you know, as far as how the regulations currently read. And when you listen to that, I, I see that viewpoint too. So I'm a little more torn on this one at the moment because I don't think the covenants to me as a former resident up there were largely immaterial, but the county regulations and expectations of a buyer into the area, I think are somewhat relevant. Um, so I'm, I'm a little more torn on this one. Uh, I see it both ways. So I'm putting you down as somewhat in the middle. Yes, sir. Okay. I can um, be persuaded either are way. Are you, uh, just Brian, out of curiosity, are you comfortable that a commercial use is appropriate in the subdivision? I'm, I'm comfortable with the fact that having lived up there, it was going on anyway. So the practical side of me is saying, I'd rather see it somewhat regulated rather than hope that the county standards somehow being enforced. There's another regulation, MRE district, you're supposed to build your primary resident before you build the caretaker. And what I saw up there was people were building the caretaker if they didn't apply for a permit, you know, if they showed it differently on their site plan, and so they got around the regulations. So th that's the other side of this, is practically speaking, I'd rather see some of it and have an idea where it is and have it somewhat under control than just to allow the free-for-all that's kind of going on right now. Yeah, but you're interjecting enforcement into what are, in my opinion, what our role is. And I think they're two separate things. I mean, 
the Board of County Commissioners can do whatever they want with enforcement. That's not our role. Our role is, is to try and do the best we can with following the subdivision and zoning regs and the master plan. And that, I believe, is where most of my decision arose, not whether it's going on cowboy or whether it's enforced or not. That's the Board of County Commissioners. Hey, Steve. Yes, Andy. So to ask Troy then, are you saying that unless a bed and breakfast application in the county has numerous bedrooms and serves food, it can't really be classified as a bed and breakfast because this application is being presented as a bed and breakfast and we have to judge it for those regulations, you know, whether the subdivision allows it or not, or it's appropriate in that particular subdivision, I think is outside of our purview, but I believe the application has to be looked at based on the regulations that are applicable. So, you know, I, do you I don't, I have absolutely no desire to hear anything more about the covenants. We all know that's not our deal. So the covenants is a non-issue. Um, no, I don't think they have to have a bunch of bedrooms, but I believe when you looked at the ability for short-term rentals, because that's what it is. We have no food service. And admittedly, I mean, this is my judgment. My judgment is when I looked at that use chart, without food service, it's purely a short-term rental. And anybody here tells me it isn't, I'm open, but that's all it is, is a short-term rental. Okay, so without having the food service, I don't believe Route County allows short-term rentals in the MRE zone district, period. The difference being in a bed and breakfast situation, the management lives on site from a short-term rental, which is typically just the entire house being rented out. And so I believe that bed and breakfasts are allowed in this zone district, correct? As a special use permit, yes. As a special that's use why, permit, Andy, and I think <laughs> there's two things that, yeah. Um, and I think to clarify, you made a comment that I don't think is quite accurate we actually are charged with the responsibility of ascertaining whether or not a specific use is in fact appropriate in an area or in a subdivision or in a whatever you want to call it. That is part of the responsibility that, you know, we're obligated to look at. And so I think to that extent, it is within our purview to view this use in terms of surrounding uses and what's going on there. Um, you talking like from a density standpoint? No, like, not density. I would tell Well, I don't think so. I think we as commissioners, I, I think, well, well, my opinion is it boils down to, we don't, we have the right to ascertain whether or not a commercial use is appropriate within a residential district. Steve, That's kind of what it comes down to. I, I can't find my raise hand button but I think to help Andy figure oh. out where we're coming from on this is under the zoning and subdivision regs, 
and its significant negative impacts under, that's 6.17. Under 6.17K is land use compatibility. And I think that's kind of where Steve is trying to there get to, is under the subdivision and zoning regulations, 6.17 significant negative impacts. K, land use compatibility. That's right in the subdivision and zoning. Now, if you don't believe that it's a significant negative impact, that's your, that's your personal call. Right. And actually, if you look at the options that are available to us in the denial language, item two, one of the options is, or the proposed use is not compatible with immediately adjacent nearby neighborhood properties. And that is in fact the basis for a denial. So anyway, um, in, in, past, in past approvals of something that would be even more intensive of a use, it was on a uh, bigger acreage. You know, we've, we've done bed and breakfasts in residential zone districts, but they, they've been on bigger acreages. I don't know that we've had smaller, smaller acreage ones. Christy has an interjection. I, I can't raise my hand if I'm the host, but uh, so I'll manually physically do it. Um, so just clarify a couple of things that may help out with your round table here. Um, Yes, correct. Um, th there's a couple of things. Troy's, to Troy's point, uh, this is a short-term rental. Um, it's actually in the definition for bed and breakfast, and I'll just read that aloud for all of you, which is a single-family dwelling or lodge where overnight or otherwise short-term temporary lodging for the general public is provided and may include meals. Um, with that being said, you know, part of the consideration here is really it boils down to is this land use appropriate for this site um, and just speaking to Andy's point about other bed and breakfasts you've seen most you've seen come through as conditional use permits and that's because as per the use chart um, generally um, you see these on larger parcels where um, the impacts potentially could be less and therefore the review is a lesser review and just is approved and reviewed um, by you all. This is coming through as an SUP, higher level of review, because it's in the MRE zone district on a smaller parcel, five acres, um, five acres. Um, so therefore, that's why you're hearing this as a special use permit. And really, it, it, there are other factors, obviously, you're all going to be considering here tonight, but it boils down to, is this land use appropriate um, for this site? That's all. Thank you, Christy. Do we have any other bed and breakfasts on five-acre MREs in the county? No. There, I did some research. The most recent one you guys heard was, I believe, 2018, which was Tranquility, um, and that was on a 35 or 40 acre AF zone district parcel. And in the last like 20 years, there's only been two other bed and breakfast hearings that have taken place. That probably explains why it didn't ring any bells with me. Um, yeah, it's a largely unused category. Andy, do you wanna, are you that far or you wanna just take a pause for the time being? 
I'm good for the moment. Thanks. Okay. Peter. Um, yeah, I'm kind of torn on this one. First of all, I, I can't see that, you know, this is going to be a huge problem if they are having one bedroom rented out sporadically without meal service. I can't think there's going to be a big demand for that anyway. Um, but I am troubled by um, setting a precedent where, where we would start approving bed and breakfasts in small acreage residential neighborhoods. Um, there again, I think the fact that, that there's not a lot of development in this particular neighborhood probably means that it wouldn't cause a big problem right now. But if we set a precedent saying, yeah, if you got five acres and you want to have a bed and breakfast, um, what, what happens to the neighborhoods that are pretty much fully developed where there's a dozen five acre parcels and now everybody wants to have a bed and breakfast. So I'm concerned that this, this could set a precedent of us okaying um, what, what's really commercial use in residential areas of small acreage. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Steve. Just barely heard you there. Um, can, can you hear me there? Okay. I, uh, okay. I have to agree with the way Peter just put it, because I was torn back and forth all day reading this and opening the door and setting a precedence for something that uh, uh, is a really thin line between a uh, typical bed and breakfast and uh, overnight uh, uh, rental. And it looks like we've already cowboyed in on that property once before with the previous owners. And I think that the direction that we as a planning commission are going is to discourage that kind of activity. We can't uh, monitor it. We can't tax it. We're not a business. Uh, Troy set it down, I think, really clearly that uh, uh, if we do open this up, it, it could be what Peter said, that we're going to have one on every block saying that they are a bed and breakfast. And I don't think it meets the uh, standards of the regulations of the full bed and breakfast that they could get if they wanted to go that far by getting the commercial set up the commercial water and going for the full license and uh, being a real bed and breakfast and serving the customers that would like to see it up there. So as it stands and sits right now until they get along with the program, I can't support it. Thank you, Bill. Um, Roberta. Sorry, I was, I was on mute. Um, I was also very conflicted reading this because I kind of feel like it's a go around uh, for a short term rental. And when I looked at 12 master plan 
4.3.H that Troy pointed out, it really uh, says the county shall prohibit short-term rentals outside the growth area. And we all know this is not considered a growth area. So, and I realized that the county can grant special use permits, but um, I'm very concerned about the precedent setting nature of this. And, you know, I'm empathetic to the, the new homeowners because I can understand they would like to make a little money, but we have to think about what, how the rules uh, will affect their neighbors and how it affects the neighborhood and the community as a whole. So I'm leaning toward not supporting it as well. Thank you, Roberta. Um, Linda, I recognize you are new. <laughs> However, I'm interested to hear if you have any comments and wish to weigh in on this. Um, thank you, Steve. One of the problems that I see um, is probably that years ago, the concept of short-term rentals didn't even exist. Um, this, you know, the Airbnb was referenced in this, uh, VRBO was referenced in this. We, you know, those are things that were not even um, on the radar. Uh, I think when a, when a lot of areas first developed their covenants, and I don't want to look back at this as a covenant issue either. Um, I think what we have to look at is the issue of the commercial aspect. Um, and I think that's what concerns me is that short-term rentals definitely um, are a commercial activity in the way they operate now. And I think that... Um, whether this was a B&B &B that actually was serving meals or not would not be the issue for me uh, because while I think a and b is, is obviously a use that can be looked at and it's different than the short-term rental in one major area, which is that the owner uh, is there to supervise the, the rental at all times, it still doesn't make it any less in effect commercial. And I think the intent for this residential area is that it is a non-commercial residential area. So that is my concern um, is that I'm not sure uh, that I would think it would be appropriate even if they were planning to do the traditional B&B. &B. And I really do sympathize that their intent is to supervise the use of their their home in the manner that a bed and breakfast is supervised as opposed to the short-term rental uh, vrbo or airbnb approach where the owner is gone but it i don't think it makes a difference either way it's a commercial use that i don't think is appropriate in a residential um, small acreage area I don't know the others that have been approved, but it sounds to me they were closer to almost a guest ranch approach where you had a large acreage. And I think you mentioned the other one that had been approved was as a conditional use. Uh, and I suspect that's because it was not in a platted residential area. And this is obviously platted as a residential area. 
So um, my concern would be that it is a commercial use. And even though I think their intent is to, to be good, you know, landlord or not even landlords, but good B&B operators, I'm not sure um, that that's appropriate for what this area was set up for. Thank you, Linda. Um, I'll keep my comments short because they have been in fact vocalized previously about a couple of things. One, Linda, I think you, you're focused on the commercial use in a residential um, areas is on target and is something that um, bothers me and gives me a, a bit of an ulcer. Um, Peter made a comment about it being precedent setting and I totally agree. And I think to go a little bit farther, what we need to allow for is the entire Steamboat Lakes area was comprised of one acre lots. We are all aware that in the early 80s, the Board of County Commissioners recognized that these ones were really not being serviced by utilities. And the only way that the development was going to survive was to, to provide bigger lots consolidation. And so the Board of County Commissioners came up with this concept, you know, if you can get five acres, we'll allow well and septic. The point I'm trying to make is that in this area, which is not served by any um, sewer and water system or water system, these lots as time goes on are going to be consolidated into five acre lots. And from a precedent standing standpoint, if we're providing and allowing and making it easy for bed and breakfast to be on these five acre lots, I think we're asking for trouble. And I'm not sure that that's something that A, we wanna to go to, and B, makes any sense in terms of the master plan and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, the last comment, and, and I also agree with what's been said, I, I feel for the petitioners. Um, I understand that they're trying to do what they think makes the most sense for them as well as the site, but be careful to this extent. To reference Troy's comments and go backwards to the, the zoning use chart, this, the bed and breakfast, whether it is a bed and breakfast or not, at this point in time, I'm not gonna get into, but it does require two levels of review. And that's two levels of review are specific to the MRE only. My sense is that previous zoning authorities were a little apprehensive about allowing a bed and breakfast use on a rather small parcel, relatively speaking. And so to, that's the reason we're the initial reviewing body, but it also goes to the Board of County Commissioners. Um, but that alone, I think, sends a message and makes a statement that the county really isn't supportive of this type of use on the small um, lots. And I'm done. Thank you. Any other comments anybody wishes to make? Uh, my sense yeah. is. Sorry, can we make a I'm comment? I'm sorry, Roberta, go ahead. Oh. You surely may, yes. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we just wanted to address a few points. Troy, you said it's hard to understand sort of how the house is configured without seeing it. It's not two bedrooms above a garage that is separate. The house is fully connected 
garage, two bedrooms, our living area. Um, so it's, even on the map, it's hard to tell, but it's fully connected as one like yeah. unit. Um, so we can yell up to the bedroom that we'd be renting out. It's not a separate uh, building, uh, which it seemed like you may have thought that. Is that the case? Or Troy? No, I was simply looking at the language and it, the language talked about integral and, and containing other components that um, I didn't think this building met that definition. Um, yeah, I think if you saw it in person, you'd see that it, it does. It's, it's one unit that appears to be two separate units, um, but it's fully connected in one, one unit. So we can walk from our bedroom down the hallway to the guest bedroom that would be rented out. Um, so I just wanted to cover that point. Yeah, uh, and so Tegan has some photos here um, that I think explain it. Yeah, so as you can see, our can you all see the photo of the house right now? Sure. Yeah, uh, so the guest bedroom is on the right side of the photo above the garage. And then you see there's a corridor connecting the guest bedroom and garage to our unit of the home. And that's completely uniform. It's not like a, a greenhouse breezeway. Uh, it's, it's all one unit uh, contained under the same heating system, same flooring, everything. Uh, so I just wanted to cover that point. Uh, can we go out of here? Yeah. And then I just wanted to cover a couple more points that were brought up. Um, in terms of the sharps, I just wanted to address your point. I am glad you're moving up here. Uh, it's a beautiful place to live. Uh, that's what brought us up here. Uh, and also the tranquility of the area up here. And that's something we wouldn't want to disturb, which is the peace and quiet. We love sitting outside on you know whatever day of the week and just maybe seeing a car in the distance and nothing else besides deer. Um, and certainly we would not want to change that by bringing in an Airbnb. Um, even for ourselves and the guests are going to be staying in our home. So we would limit it so much so that we're not disturbing our own peace, uh, let alone a neighbor who is, who is a quarter mile away. Um, so just to reassure you, I would say you would never see the guests. Um, you may see a car pull into the driveway as if we're coming home or having a friend over for dinner. Um, but beyond that, I think it would be inconspicuous and, and unnoticeable, really, to neighbors. Um, and we really want to make it having guests uh, or have our guests be as unnoticeable to us uh, as possible as well, because we enjoy our, our peace and quiet up here. Uh, and if we wanted to have a, a commercial operation uh, to make a lot of money renting out a room as an Airbnb, we probably wouldn't have moved to Clark, Colorado. Uh, we would have stayed, stayed in a bigger city uh, where we have more people coming through. Um, so that's definitely not where we're trying to go. Um, it, it's more just, we have two spare bedrooms and we'd like to share the area on an extremely minor scale. Um, I'm talking one guest per week maximum. Uh, I mean, we have our jobs as athletes and we don't want to affect our actual jobs by continually hosting guests. 
Um, it's more one guest per week, one guest every two weeks um, that would not really influence our lives in terms of having to, to police them all the time. We don't want to inconvenience ourselves, let alone our neighbors. Um, uh, and then another point I wanted to bring up uh, is that we're going through this route uh, of, of getting the permit uh, through you guys uh, because we didn't want to set the precedent, which has already been set, and it sounds like for decades now, um, of avoiding the committee and avoiding going through proper channels and avoiding getting the permit uh, from living up here. We know people up here tend to uh, not get the permits and just list their homes on Airbnb and 100% avoid any authority or enforcement, which is you guys. So we really are sort of trying to break precedent, not set new precedent, which is following the rules uh, and letting you guys know what we want to do and why we want to do it and how we're going to do it. Um, so I feel, I understand you guys don't want to set the precedent of allowing commercial businesses up here, um, but I feel we are breaking precedent, which is avoiding any enforcement uh, and sort of, sort of going, going rogue or cowboy, as somebody said, um, and not following any rules at all. Um, so I feel that goes both way in terms of precedent. Um, and I think that's something you guys should look at as well. You may be allowing us to have the Airbnb, but it is setting an example for anyone new moving to the area um, to see that they do need to go through the process, do need to follow the rules, um, because that is how it's done in the community. And I feel, uh, I mean, the process has been very lengthy uh, for, from my experience uh, and costly to even rent a room on Airbnb in my previous houses that I've lived at. Um, there's been no permitting needed, nothing. You just list your room and it's there. And because of that, there's Airbnbs everywhere. Um, but yeah, I feel like going through the process, a lengthy process sets precedent that you need to do that rather than just list it uh, and hope you don't get caught or, or knowingly break the rules. Um, and then another point that I wanted to address uh, is the significant negative impact. Um, I would strongly argue that there's not a significant negative impact. There's zero negative impact to our neighborhood, to the county, um, to anyone around us, really. If anything, it's a positive impact because one, maybe two people every month get to enjoy Route County. Um, they're not coming up here to, there's only so much you can do around in Route County, which is hike, uh, go to the lake, uh, ride your horse, just enjoy nature. <laughs> uh, there's not much besides nature up here, as you all know. Um, so I feel that rather than a significant negative impact, it would be creating a positive impact for the community, um, just allowing a very select number of people to enjoy Hans Peak, to enjoy Steamboat Lake, to hike Gilpin Lake. Um, and it's not mass crowds that are coming. As I said, it'd be one or two people per month, likely. Um, and and yeah. one last thing for a significant impact in terms of the community, and this is more for the Sharps and our one other neighbor, our, our only neighbor at the moment, actually. <laughs> um, there would be zero significant impact for the neighbors in terms of traffic coming down the road. Uh, one car coming down the road would be unnoticeable, even if you're sitting on your front porch 24 hours a day, I think. Um, I know they're, they're doing construction down the road, so we see cars often. Uh, I think they're putting in underground fiber optics. Um, but the impact of having one guest per week maximum 
would be zero or negligible. Um, and then the final point that I wanted to address was the parcel size. You guys brought up that there had only been a few, two or three Airbnb requests over the years on larger parcels. I think somebody said 35 or 34 acres. Um, and from living up here just for a few months, I'm guessing those permits were granted to a few guest ranch ranches uh, up here or larger Airbnbs, which actually have separate cottages or cabins for the guests. Um, and I would argue, despite the fact that those are maybe on a 35 acre lot, um, they actually take up more of the landscape and are more imposing on the landscape as compared to us renting out one bedroom that is already here. So I guess what we're looking at is number of guests, ratio of guests to acres, and ours would actually be far smaller than say a bed and breakfast that has six, seven guests on a 35 acre lot compared to one guest on a, a six acre or 5.6 acre lot. Um, so if we're looking at density or, or ratio of guests to acreage, ours would be in line with or smaller than any other Airbnb that has been approved or even requested uh, in the area. Um, I think those are the only, only points I wanted to address. Olympia, do you have anything? No, I'm good now. And if anybody has any questions or would like to respond, please, please let me know or raise your hand. No, thank you, Robbie. And, and I, a comment or two. Um, I think it's admirable that uh, you wish to qualify and minimize the impact on um, the sharps and the neighbors. Um, and I think that in some respects, your comparisons to the Airbnb or the VRBOs are probably appropriate. Um, but the problem I think that we're wrestling with as commissioners, or at least some of us, when the day is over and done with, what we're dealing with is actually allowing, or the question is, do we wish to allow a commercial use in the MRE district? Um, the way you are proposing to do it makes perfect sense. However, I've been around long enough and most of us have, in spite of your best efforts, as you said, to live there to 20 years, things change. Circumstances change. Hey, you may become an Olympian and end up no longer being able to be there. Yeah, to keep the fingers crossed, I get it. So this really isn't just totally about you as the owners. This is about the concept of do we as a county, do we as planning commissioners really want to go down the road of allowing this bed and breakfast in an MRE zone? And I think that's what we're struggling with. That is, in fact, the precedent-setting issue that you know Peter described well, Linda mentioned. Um, and so, again, your efforts are valiant, and to that I applaud you. But I think we as commissioners kind of have to go past that because this is a little bit more of a permanent thing than just you. But, again, I applaud um, your approach. I applaud the fact that you're trying to do everything you possibly can. But, again... Our issue is a little bit, not a little bit, considerably longer term and is of a much more impact to the county um, than just yours, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, it does. And I guess my response to that is, 
despite the fact that you may be setting precedents by allowing one commercial uh, enterprise, if you can call it that, um, any commercial enterprise or anybody applying to be a commercial enterprise up here has to go through the committee. Um, and just because you say yes to one doesn't mean you have to say yes to any others. It's sort of a, a case by case scenario um, that you guys get to judge each case by. Um, and therefore, to an I extent, that's yes, true, but it does make it more difficult. Because you have to say to somebody, oh, we said yes to these people, but we have to say no to you. Is that what you mean? It, yeah, I, it, I'm not arguing with you, but I'm going to tell you it makes it more difficult. So, And okay. again, yeah, it gets I, back to, do we as a planning commission really want to go that direction? So, Yeah. Other comments? I mean, Well, I think at this point in time, based on what I my notes reflect, I think we could be ready for a motion. Steve. Anybody out there want to take a bull by the horns? Troy. Yeah, I just wanted to comment briefly. Um, our definition of a dwelling unit um, it, it just doesn't fit. I mean, this is what I said in my, my original comments. It's 8.13. So I'll let that set by, uh, by the side, but, um, you know, a lot of these things that the petitioner brought up about how many guests and, you know, how often and all that, I don't think I saw that in our packet. And I didn't see that in the conditions. So again, their vision or however they want to do it is not included under our conditions. In other words, one guest a week, that's not in our packet. Um, you know, there's no limitation. If this was approved as written, all of those comments that you just gave us are not part of the permit as presented. And I'm not gonna sit here and try to rewrite all these conditions. You, you know my position. And if you're ready for a motion, I will attempt one. Um, I'm ready. I'm also going to ask Troy. No, go ahead, I'm sorry, Never mind. Never mind. go. Mr. Chairman, I would make a motion to deny the special use permit PL 20-156 as um, I do not believe that it is consistent with the applicable master plans, specifically uh, 6.17 and policy 12.3 E and inconsistent with an intended action item of 12.4 E. And I think Roberta might want to throw in 12.3 H, which I'm good with. 
Um, I do not believe that it complies with the standards for a bed and breakfast because it is not clearly delineated between the main house and the garage as listed in the petitioner's narrative. Um, I'll leave it at that. I'll second. We have a motion uh, to deny the list of, of items. Uh, might there be a second? Second. Peter Flynn has seconded. Um, discussion on the motion. Somebody's speaking, but I can't hear. It's a TV. It's background from somebody who's not muted. I believe that might be uh, Bill. Bill, do you have something on in the background? You're not muted. No. Uh, well, if there's no discussion on the motion, then the chair will entertain a vote. All those in favor of the motion to deny is presented by Troy and seconded by Peter. Please signify by saying yes with your name please, because otherwise I don't know how to do this. Yes, Bill. Yes, Troy. Yes, Peter. Yes, Linda Miller. Yes, Roberta. Yes, Andy. And yes, Brian. Uh, yes, that concludes it. Petition uh, is denied um, and goes before the Board of County Commissioners on, help me with the date. The 20th. October 20th, sorry. Thank you very much and I appreciate um, the participation by the petitioners. Thank you and have a good evening. Uh, next on the agenda. Christy, is that uh, you? Thanks everyone for your time. I don't know if we're allowed to leave, but I think we're gonna leave at this you point. You are, yes. Well, you're more than welcome to stay, but it gets rather boring. Yeah, no, we're we're gonna go have dinner. <laughs> yes, no, you're more than welcome to leave. Uh, okay. Thank you. Christy, is that you? Yes. So um, next, we have administrators' report. Um, the next public hearing that we have is scheduled for October fifteenth. Same time, same place. Uh, we have two applications uh, that are scheduled. Um, one is for a conditional use permit for a cell tower. Um, and then the next will be proposed amendments to the regulations that you will be considering. 
Um, and we don't have anything scheduled beyond that at this point, but we do have a couple of items in the door um, and just trying to figure out when we're going to be able to get those scheduled. Um, I think in particular, we're, we're really heavy on administrative type permits right now um, that aren't requiring a public hearing. We are in the middle of um, discussing multiple applications with, um, with applicants at the moment. About, we have about 10 um, that between staff, we're all um, discussing those. And of the 10 right now, it looks like we're gonna have another seven that will require public hearings. Um, but with the anticipated project list, um, you know, it's something that we can get them all in at once, or we may get them in from a year now, or from now, or not at all. So um, just like to keep you apprised of what we have on the doorstep. Um, other than that, we are um, extremely, extremely busy in the office. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, our administrative permits, like I said, are through the roof. Um, our code enforcement is another <laughs> item that is through the roof, um, along with our building permits um, and variances, believe it or not, where we typically see about four applications from years past, the past three years, four applications in an entire year. And we've already, um, we'll be at this month, 10 variance applications that we've heard in four months. So um, it's pretty significant what's, what's going on out there. Um, so I will continue to keep you apprised um, with, with what's going on. Um, welcome, Linda. She is um, she is now on board as the at-large position. The commissioners moved Brian Kelly from at-large to um, District 3 for Hayden. Um, and at this point, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'll be discussing with the commissioners what to do with Rohil um, and hopefully um, get a replacement there as well. Um, other than that, um, I don't know if anybody else had any questions. A on... bit of a heads up. Um, I may have difficulty making October 15th. It's sort okay. of a special day. Oh yeah? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those, okay. it's one of those age things that we don't talk about anymore. Oh. <laughs> Are you so, turning 20? No, but 40. Okay. Okay. I try to be a little realistic, Brian. Okay. That's good. Well, you, you know, go. we could throw together a virtual party for you. Hey, that works. If we're here, there's a, there's a movement. Are, are you saying maybe... you don't want to be, you know, on a planning commission meeting on the night of a um, big, big birthday? I said it's a bit of a heads up. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Sounds we good. Think, I appreciate we think we're maybe going to try and get out of town, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Brian, did you have a question? You put your hand up, but I don't know if that was from before. Uh, no, not a question, just a comment. I'm sure Troy was asked about this before the meeting, but uh, the county continues to turn over from a real estate perspective. And these variants Christy was talking about a minute ago, uh, I, I think we're going to be in for a run of them from what I can see. Yeah. yeah. 
We, we definitely are. We um, finally, uh, as as much as the, we appreciate them appointing Linda, uh, Linda, yes, Linda on uh, on planning commission. We also are very ecstatic that they also appointed um, two other members to board of adjustment. So um, we almost have a full board there too, um, minus one alternate, but uh, we are in a lot better shape there as well moving forward. So we're excited about that. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. All right. Well, once well, again, I appreciate everybody uh, attending. I thought it was yeah. a good meeting. Um, I guess have a nice evening and we're adjourned. Sounds Thank great. you all. Thank you. Thank you.